Hey, this is Romancing the Zone, a podcast about a podcast about boys playing tabletop games. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kern. Let's roll. 20! Yay! <laughs> it's gonna be amazing. We're gonna kill it. Uh, first of all, I would like to apologize if I sound a lot different this time as I'm in a hotel room instead of my closet as usual, so. Oh, jeez. So we're not going to get those good closet vibes. That, not that good closet noise. Yeah. Are, are you so. under a blanket? Are you under a blanket? I your actually cat, have is your cat one. there, please? Just in case, I did have to leave the cat at home. Oh. So. so we're going to do our best here. But you know what? We got a 20. And we did get a 20. If that ain't Lady Istus herself being like go forth and kill it then i you know i don't i don't know also at the top of the show here ann and i were lucky enough to go to the nashville live shows that happened two weeks ago we mentioned it on our previous episode that we would be going there and i just want to give a quick shout out to everybody listening that was at the nashville shows McElroy fans are so damn lovely and it was really fun seeing everybody and meeting so many people also on brand there was an Irene Baker cosplayer there, so I want to give a specific shout out to BG Foster. You looked amazing. Way to represent. We were, we were extremely excited to see an Irene. We could probably we so freaked her out a little bit with our fangirling, but um, you know, it was <laughs> worth it. She was she was on point. Uh, and I also want to add a really quick shout out to anybody who stopped and took pictures of or with the puppets. Um, I really appreciated the feedback, even though I was a little frantic because I had finished them like an hour before the show started. Yeah, right, <laughs> right down to. Right down to the wire, and then they were banned from the theater. Oh, yeah. But... <laughs> well, I mean, they were causing a lot of problems, I heard, though. So They were so, <laughs> they were just, they're rambunctious. So if you're listening and, and you did see puppets and you didn't realize it was us, that was us. That was, yep. <laughs> that was your girls here. <laughs> and did all of them. But if you saw puppets, I understand, of course, it was puppets and then some people holding them. We were the people holding them. <laughs> yeah, we were the, we're the wranglers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Personal assistance. <laughs> I think that was part of the fun was the, the fan interaction just yeah. outside of the shows itself because, you know, the boys can only do so much interacting with fans, but the fans themselves getting to talk and have fun and cosplay with each other, that was really, really cool. So we loved that. And if you want to keep talking to us, Feel free to get at us over on our Twitter. We would love to talk to more fans of these shows. Yep. And so that, that'll do it for uh, for us this week. And we'll <laughs> and <laughs> For real, though, we did it. We got to the superpowers. We got them. Yeah. One of the most basic questions I was going to ask would be, what would your superpowers be? Because immediately, Remy wanted heat vision or laser eyes. I can't even remember exactly what he wanted. It was heat Heat vision. vision. Okay. And then I read like, yeah, I'll take that too. And I was like, oh, God, that's so cute. (laughs) But it did get me thinking either what would your superpower, what would you want it to be versus what do you think you'd end up getting? What do you think it would be interesting that is a good one because of course i i did have written what superpower would you want did not even think to write what do you think you would actually get um the one i would want i would want teleportation yes yeah that's a good one right killed it yeah what about you guys (laughs) uh yeah i'll take that too no (laughs) but for real (laughs) like again living where i am it's Mm. very hard for me to get anywhere and I do feel really like, oh, I miss out on Nashville shows and whatnot. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, teleportation would be the dream to just be like, I'm here, now I'm here. Like, super great. But I'd probably get something about being cold. 
Like, I'd be like, please give me the teleportation powers. It's like, but reality, you could withstand being cold for a really long time. Like, great. I can already do that. Kind of. I'd be like the Remy where I already kind of had jumping power. Sure. Can I can I get in there and do it again? Like, nope. Sorry. That's what you got. Like, okay. Get another shot of that. Yeah. Maybe you would have like ice sculpting or, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> cool sculpting. Is there, is there a superpower who like just sculpts? Well, I guess Iceman. Okay. I, I realize it sounds like, I mean, like you get a tiny chainsaw. And no, you, like, no, you did. the swan out of ice. I meant you like, legitimately <laughs> just described Iceman. No, I like that one better though. Here's a tiny chainsaw. Go forth. Change the world. So there, that's Bernie's superpower. Oh, man. I'm tempted to go with teleportation, too, because I spent a lot of time in airports. Um, I would have maybe some kind of, like, time control, because I, I, I'm really bad at it. Mm. Uh, manage well. There's just never enough time to do all the things that you want to do. I think I, I try to. I'm always up against yeah. that, like, trying to bend time, and I can't. So it would be awesome if I could, but that probably wouldn't wouldn't actually happen. I'm not sure what, what I would actually wind up with. Probably something like really really lame i don't know right i'm trying to think of what mine would be i stopped listening as soon as they started talking about heat vision because it made me think of i don't know if you guys follow gail simone on twitter but uh she's always getting into it with people like trolling them intentionally about the x-man cyclops um and that his power is heat vision (laughs) which it is not is actually concussive force blast it does not his uh, his eye beams don't get hot even though everybody thinks of it as heat vision it's not look at you I'm so glad we have Anne here for our superhero for the commitment arc because I'm like, oh, yeah, I didn't she know she that. loves getting right. uh, a lot of like angry, angry comic book nerds screaming at her about not That's not fantastic. understanding Cyclops. Um, so I kept thinking about that. <laughs> So that's where your mind wandered yeah. to when you were like, heat vision, right, oh, This whole story's going on, but she's like, oh, Gail. <laughs> <laughs> I, can, I can multitask. Multitasking would be a good superpower. My, that would be good. Yeah, I think I would end up with something like... I wonder if it would be something like you could kind of split yourself into... You'd be like multiple man, where you become <laughs> four mm. different people, where it's still you, but you can get everything done you but actually I want to get done actually do all the shit that i have to get yeah i could do that i'll take it which again i think at the time i'd be like oh man but i really want a teleportation that's mm-hmm. close that's similar though i mean you could use it the same way kind of sort of <laughs> <laughs> you wait in the security line i'm gonna run to the bathroom great but i need to go to the bathroom shut up you <laughs> okay so now they've got their superpowers and well, well not they're, even. yeah, they're like, starting at first. They're... They jump into yeah. the skin cocoons, which they said they were not going to be skin cocoons. Skin cocoons is what they were. Gross. So yeah. And <laughs> I just and oh, OK, can, the word sloughing. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the it's worst. So, oh, God. As soon as he <laughs> said it, I was like, Ugh. My skin just crawled. It's like it's that was such word? a bad one, uh. but like so good for a gross thing. Like perfectly <laughs> used in this instance because immediately you're like, oh no, like that sounds so unappealing. It really just added to just the horror of the whole thing. <laughs> but also, it made it extra gross to me that then like Nadia just like reconstituted uh-huh. hers. Like hers didn't go. So I'm like, oh, what? That's worse. That's right. Now it's think think about it like plastic, not like skin, because it's it's a synthetic. So it's not. I don't. Am I I weird that this didn't gross me out? But it's a synthetic skin. So, (laughs) I mean, I guess no. I'm jealous that it didn't gross you out because like it wasn't super bad. It was just just gross enough that you were like, ugh, the visuals here are not great. Also, I loved (laughs) that Clint 
their dad gave them the option of being naked. Just that was such a funny and such a Clint thing. Those are the kind of moments that you're like, Merle Highchurch was not too far from Clinton McElroy. Right. I do wonder what goes through his wonderful head. Like, that this is a really mind. good idea. I know I'm going to say this and it's going to go. And does he think this is either going to go really well or this is going to get a lot of laughs or my boys are yeah. going to hate this. And I just want to know. I want to see his notes. Yeah. If I could see any of their notes, I would want to see Clinton McElroy. If you could choose only one, and you would choose him. If I could choose only one, I would definitely choose him. And partly because, and let's jump into this, his character voices yes. are so uh, on point. He has so many. He's very They're good. all fantastic. And they all fit the character. And I just, like, if he didn't have them, I'd be completely lost about who was who. Because, again, I'm just very bad at this. But that's another thing. Like, does he put that in his notes? Like, okay, Joe has I would imagine such and such accent, or he must because he hopped yeah, right, right back into them. And I know this was later on in the episode, but as soon as the <laughs> drone pilot started talking, I out loud went, "God, that's so good!" Right, as the boys were like, "Oh my oh. god, that's perfect." I definitely wrote notes about that. Nell, yes, as our resident youngest, did you immediately get the riffs that they were doing with that? With the, the um, uh, did you, smoke did you but inhale? didn't inhale or yeah the yeah. whole did you inhale thing yes okay I did because I don't know where that divide will be of people who get it and people who are like I don't what what do they mean uh, yeah I guess I guess that is kind of a long time ago now that's right? a little scary yeah it's, it's um, one of those where like I got it it's right on like the cusp though like it's not I think right. I just have like cultural context clues. Of it, yeah. if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It was probably in The Simpsons or something. So maybe maybe people have heard. I surely it was in The Simpsons at some point. Oh, I know uh, Bill Clinton was in The Simpsons. Like they use the character, but I don't know if they ever referenced that specifically. Right. Yeah. But yeah, so that's just something I was like, oh, like I wonder about the younger viewers. I'm like, well, let's ask our <laughs> our youngest viewer of the group, which <laughs> our is... youngest viewers who's still pretty old, right? <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. He has great character voices. And uh, also, he's a beautiful visual (laughs) storyteller, which we see in his art in this layout for the lab scene. Yeah, this is this is which the boys were kind enough to uh, to provide for all of us. Yeah, it's posted on the official Adventure Zone Twitter account. If you have not seen it, you you need to see it. It's very important that you that you appreciate this this new addition to the Clinton McElroy graphic design collection. Um, God, I hope there's one every episode. I mean, I feel like if you don't see it, you'll be pretty lost. Nothing's going to yeah. make sense. <laughs> whatever you whatever you pictured for sure was would not match uh, the the grandness of what he actually designed. I don't, where did he even get this clip art? Because it looks like the clip art has actually come from the '90s. Like, I don't even know if you go on Google Images. Surely this is not the first hit. So see, there was some deep diving that happened to to select these options that he chose. To he probably this. has like probably a CD-ROM of something from the '90s. Oh, it's like, oh, I'll just use this. This will be fine. I loved. I had to, like, stop and laugh. Like, I was trying to get ready as I was listening to this episode. And when (laughs) Travis made a comment about the periodic table. (laughs) And then Clint, no, with just, like, so purely just being like, no, that's a person. And I laughed. And then the boys then becoming the person who is represented by a periodic table of elements. God, it was funny. I had to stop what I was doing. Pause the show, laugh, and then get back to it. 
He's either the he either is in fact the Zodiac killer, or he's just inadvertently designing oh like this brilliant um, retro kids show, maybe of like talking periodic table that teaches you about science. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess to address the actual purpose of the map, it is to bring us into this this lab where they are going to get their superpowers. And this is a really this is probably my favorite moment, and probably a lot of people's favorite moment in the entire show, which was where we get really great character interaction and I appreciate seeing the boys fall into their roles and really start to hit their strides regarding character interaction because when they're all waiting for the test to start and Irene is trying to think of a fun way to oh, like yes. get to know her colleagues yeah. and so she decides to ask what their top movies are <laughs> which is first of all adorable second of all what a funny like it ended up being really funny and very charming the way uh they started messing with Nadia, yeah. <laughs> trying to guess, you know, Nutty Professor to the Clumps being her favorite right. movie. Just so well, funny. And I did love that kind of jumping ahead, it tied in later. Absolutely. That and was we can where... either wait later to talk about it or... Oh, no, that we can talk about it now. That was actually part of um, where I was so appreciative of the character interaction, because not only did we get this really funny and charming moment, but then later on... It, like you said, yeah, it ties back in. It's how Remy knows what to ask Cardala to see if Irene is mm-hmm. there. Yeah. Because he knows something about Irene now. And it's very sweet. Like, it's really nice. And I, I love that that came about naturally. Right. But on that note, what are you guys' top movies? <laughs> <laughs> that well, one's Star a hard Wars one. So yeah, see, no. I, I, I think know. there's so many, but. That's okay. I think this is why I wasn't super creeped out by the the concept of how they the delivery system for these superpowers is because um, Nadia says the fly and and I have seen the fly I've seen more than one version of the fly um, and it is so super I mean like it is one of the grossest things uh, especially the Jeff Goldblum version is one of the grossest things ever committed to film I mean it's it's the special effects are staggering but it's super super gross so I was like any kind of scenario involving transforming people in some kind of pod that isn't the fly <laughs> is going to be an improvement for sure so yeah I don't I mean those were interesting. Those were interesting choices. I like I like Royal Tenenbaums. Um, I think that's I a good that that's movie. a good choice for for Irene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it fe- that feels right. That like I feel like I understand more about her on the basis of that film choice. Uh huh. Yeah, it does speak to something else about Irene that you wouldn't immediately get on the surface, and in how you know, and what we've seen from her as this HR rep. It's a nice little tidbit. And I think Flubber was a was an interesting choice for Remy because I'm pretty <laughs> sure that would not be. Surely not. The Robin Williams version of Flubber would not be Griffin's top. Maybe, maybe that is his top film. It's never come up if it is, but uh, that does. That's a cute. That's a cute thing for for Remy to have chosen as well. Because mm-hmm. of course he was going off of the gag, but right. what a way to go off of the gag! It was very. It was well done. Yes, right. It all fit in very naturally. Very. They're very uh, good at committing to bits. Yeah. 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 I think my top movie. I have. I don't, it's it's always tough for me to choose a favorite anything, obviously, check my superpowers, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but the one that always comes to mind is Rocky Horror Picture Show, and so I don't know <laughs> if it's, like, my favorite, favorite movie ever, but I sure do love it. Right. It's real weird, and I love it. See, there's just some that stick with you forever, and yeah. so Star Wars, of course, but I feel like Labyrinth, Labyrinth is, is one my, that, like, my other one I that I have written down. and it just became me like you you I don't know like it, it yeah. kind of shaped you in a way yeah so yeah. 
Man, I think I love movies too much. Well, see, now I'm paranoid about what my choice it's, is going to say about me, but I, I don't think I have like, a good <laughs> like, right? like, I don't like, know about that Nell girl. What does this mean? I feel like a lot of my choices are kind of embarrassing, maybe, like in terms of things that I, I loved as a child that are not necessarily things I think are good movies, but are sure. movies that have stuck with me and there was right. something about them that I that I glommed onto as a child that that uh that stayed that way. Um I think I usually I usually default to Tron, the original Tron. Um, oh my god. Mm-hmm. Cuz I yes. loved I loved that movie so much. Um I think and I, I can't really classic choices. Yeah, yeah. It's very very 80s. We're going very 80s here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 80s. Yeah, we really are. <laughs> I guess Rocky was the seventies, but late seventies. Yeah, it was, it was close. It was on the cusp. <laughs> but I think it was. Yeah, I think it was more of a cultural force in the eighties. For sure, it hit its stride in the eighties. You are absolutely right about that. Well, I've got a question. Uh huh. And this may be, you know, my inability to actually hear things when they're being said to me. But <laughs> is Cardala? Cardala is a separate physical being. Yes. Than Irene. Irene right? They don't look form. the same. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was I was figuring, but like yeah, okay. Okay. So I just had to <laughs> make sure that it wasn't Irene standing there talking in this wonderful Cardala voice which, now demanding meat. As which <laughs> like there would be something so blessed about that. But yes, she does turn into like a bigger like she transforms into like a huge impact like intimidating imposing figure okay and i thought i remembered yeah i thought i remembered justin saying that um in the earlier like setup episode i was like i don't remember fully if that was it so like part of my brain is like irene little little irene shouting about this and then like imagining a wonderful mythical being saying it as well but okay thank you for confirming my (laughs) my weird brain ramblings maybe somebody else was unsure about that so there you go, everybody. Yes, she is a different form. Yeah, and I mean, that was an interesting way. Like, I think I I wondered why the delivery system was sort of a little a little strange. Like, okay, you're going to go in the skin cocoon, but then we're going to spray the room with something. These, uh, these nanotech that's going to, like, go into the cocoons or something. It seems kind of complicated, but then... You know, I mean, obviously, I'm not expecting hardcore science from this. You know, sure. do what you, you got to do your techno babble. It's it's more fun that way. But um, I do think it it led to some really interesting tension of having, um, you know, Remy yeah. has his powers, doesn't know what they are yet, but he's out, and the other two aren't, and it's not clear what's going what's going on, and that something you know something really dramatic has happened. Like I think if it had just been you know, poof, and there's Cardala. I mean, it would have worked, but it wouldn't have been nearly as interesting. And this gave us some time to spend with Remy and, and his decision-making choices about how who's going to handle this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I loved the way that this was handled. Like, as soon as you as a listener realize Remy's alone, and then the machines start not acting properly, it yeah. there's a little bit of tension, and you get a little concerned. And, like, you know it'll be okay, but now it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was I was personally deeply delighted by Griffin really organically reacting to those things, um, like just kind of going "oh shit" in the background and, and stuff oh like God. that because uh-huh. he's not it. he's not had that. I mean, I know there's there's Taz Knights, but he hasn't really had that opportunity to be surprised by what's happening. Yeah, um, you know, and to be like uh, an audibly surprised, like "whoa, okay, now I have to deal with this," and and he seemed really into it in the moment and hearing, hearing his little quiet reactions in the background uh, were super, super fun. It made, it made it, it made the tension, I think more real for us as audience members. Like, yeah. As soon as they're engaged with it and it feels, right. it feels 
present and intense and they're not certain what's going to happen, then it feels the same way to us, I think. Yeah, Mm -hmm. they're invested and it reads back to us. Then you don't feel, you feel validated almost being invested as a listener because you're like, well, yeah, like they care too. I care. That is something I will say. We Again, we won't dwell on the Nashville show, but that is one of the really... I mean, this goes without saying. If you get a chance to go to any of the live shows, do it. They're amazing. But for what it's worth, I think as far as all of the boys go, Justin keeps his cards the closest to his chest when it comes to reacting and whatnot. But getting to watch him... (laughs) Oh, yeah. He's reacting. He's just very quiet. And I loved it. It was something... That's that I appreciate very much uh, watching the live show, getting to see like, oh, he's doing it. He's just not making the vocal sounds that you hear. But yeah, because Justin always seems so on top of his character choices mm-hmm. in terms of mm-hmm. what, yeah. you can, what you can hear him doing. He keeps like, it you very don't... buttoned up. Yeah. Yeah. You don't hear him thinking about it. And he's always but he's always the first one to do the thing that makes sense. So, I mean, yeah. Cardella pops out. It's just like, oh, people with guns, I'm going to punch something. And I love that Justin apologized for what his character choice was like. I have to do this because it's the right thing for my character, but it's not. You know, I mean, yeah. you don't apologize unless it's not what you would do. Uh huh. And then he was concerned about how it might affect the story, I guess, uh, in taking that action. But, you know, the fact that he was so yeah. motivated by, okay, but I know what this person would do right. in this situation. Which I agreed with completely. Like, as soon as Clint was like, oh, yeah, they came with guns, I was like, oh, well, shit. This is right. probably not going to go great. Yeah. I would say Justin is my gameplay all-star for this episode. <laughs> I loved pretty much everything he did with Irene, then with Cardala. Um, her demanding meat when she came out of her Irene prison, which I found an amazing, like, I I wish I could use that more in life. Like, I don't know, like, if I want an Irene prison or I'm hoping I am a Britney prison for some other there's some... wonderful being. Yeah. But, like, I just, I felt very in tune with the character on all levels. That's wonderful. That so is... Justin was killing it. Oh, he really did. I'm seeing, uh, the reactions I've seen so far, uh, the big, the the one that is the loudest is everybody's in love with Cardala, and I get it. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't love a powerful, powerful lady? Of course. Mm-hmm. No, and Remy is absolutely adorable. And I, I do, so I take it back. So uh-huh. I do still think that uh, Remy is Griffin's voice. But the delivery <laughs> of Remy is much different in yeah, that yeah. he is always addressing a crowd at all times. He is always like, oh, yeah, okay, team. Okay, guy. Like, yeah. everyone, put your thumb on here. Like, he's always, like, he's only talking to two people and you could be a lot calmer about that. But he never is. It's always like this exuberant response to whatever it is. So there's definitely yeah. a different energy between Remy and Griffin. So... Apologies yeah. all around. <laughs> well, we should give Travis some props for for getting to the point where he's ready to start trying some character voices. Oh, I love for Naughty. The boys. I mean, I think mm-hmm. I think it changed a little bit midway. I think it, it may have did. changed three times. Maybe initially, though, like the very first voice he started with, I was I was so delighted to hear it. I was very pleased. I was like, oh, good, this is great. Now I know exactly when Nadia's speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just going to take a little while to, yeah. to dial it in completely, but I think it was a, it's a great start so far, yeah, for sure. Right. And it does help a lot. It really, really yeah. does. Yeah, and as we talked about, it's so natural to start with something and then have it morph into yes. whatever's comfortable. So yeah. the fact that he's starting is great. Absolutely. Yeah, I loved hearing Nadia have a voice, and I loved our other new voice that we got this time, 
coming from Cardala, mm-hmm. who sounded yeah. amazing. I love their interaction with uh, <laughs> when they're sent on their first mission. And I honestly, at the beginning, was like, I don't think Nadia is even doing reverse psychology. I think she really thinks... And we don't really need you. And then, of course, they're like, oh, it's reverse psychology. I'm like, oh, never mind. Cross that out. Um, But then Justin's response or Cardala's response with the see how the demon bends. That's when I had to pause it and just laugh for five minutes. Yes. I love that moment so much. Oh, God, it's so good. The way he plays them both so differently is just fantastic. Yeah, it's nice. I, I love that very clear difference between Irene and Cardala. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was, that's not an easy thing to take on. Oh, to no. Decide you're going to be two different characters in one person. Yeah. That you are voicing as another person. <laughs> so, yeah, it's really impressive. So a lot of people, a lot of people in the room. I mean, obviously, uh, Clint has to do way more than oh, that. Geez, but, oh, yeah. But still, yeah. I mean, I think when you're when you're making those kinds of gameplay decisions on the fly and you can't really prep the way that uh, a GM can, um, that's a lot to right. that's a lot to handle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, I was hoping since I had to listen to this on a plane, <laughs> I didn't have the ability to immediately check out the Bible verses. Ah, yes. And I heard that you were able to do so. Can you tell me, are unicorns in the Bible? <laughs> I'm, I'm a furious Googler, so yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I waited until the episode was over, but I did have to look that up. Um, so basically, yes and no. So this is both true and untrue, which is one of those fun translation things. Ah, so okay. the whole unicorns in the Bible thing is specifically in the King James version of the Bible. That's or that's the origin. It's in some other translations that would be categorized uh, a different way. But so basically, um, that Bible originated in 1611, and when they were translating this word, which I'm not going to try to pronounce the Hebrew word, um, that was in the in this uh, text um, and a couple of other places in the Bible, they didn't know what it meant. So they were looking at a they Greek just translation. Unicorn? Yeah. Well, so they <laughs> I were mean, looking at you if given the chance. We're I mean, like, uh, unicorn. Yeah. I didn't know I had so much in common with the translators of old. <laughs> well, so they, they look, they start looking at, uh, uh, since they don't understand the Hebrew word, they look at a Greek translation and in Greek it was translated, um, to say one horn. Um, oh. so they kind of jumped to unicorn, which at the, at the point, at that point in time would have just been kind of a catch all for a mythical kind of creature that might live in the woods. Like they, they had some general concept of it. They probably didn't think of it in the Lisa Frank sense. Like they probably thought this was a real animal, <laughs> you know, cause you see, you see some animal, you glimpse yeah. it. People didn't really know what things looked like exactly because they didn't have that kind of scientific literature. Um, so Basically, it's not exactly a mistranslation. It's a misunderstanding of a word that they couldn't translate. So they're still not really sure exactly what the original Bible verse was referring to, but it was probably something like, in the other translations, it's usually a wild ox or a buffalo or sometimes an antelope. Um, And it may have been a a type of extinct um, ancestor of domestic cattle called an auroch in German, um, which were these like giant... Like real, I mean, they were just really big cows, like really big, tough cows, Dope. Um, which would have gone extinct around the 1600s. So they wouldn't necessarily mm. have been familiar with them. So 
not really is the answer to this question. This is uh, interesting. But, but I mean, also, you, guess if you want it to be. Yeah, if you want it to. Be, I mean, you know, if your heart believes, some of the passages, if it if it does have unicorn in it, are significantly more awesome. Except for the one that's about which animals are clean to eat, and it does include unicorns in one of the oh, translations. So, well. um, you know, maybe maybe that part of the Bible you don't really want to say unicorn. <laughs> uh, so see, I know from art history that unicorns are a symbol or were a symbol of Christianity and were used in a number of Renaissance and medieval paintings and tapestries and whatnot. So I knew that they were mentioned in the Bible in some form, but yeah, I didn't know the rest of that. I'm trying to remember everything I know about unicorns, (laughs) such as unicorns are white Unicorns. What's it? They like apples. I know they like apples, but they travel in that's pairs. That's it. That was the one I couldn't remember. <laughs> I, I, These are just unicorn facts. Everything I know about is from the beginning of legend, so I don't think that's very historically oh, no. accurate mm. of these non-existent. Get out creatures. of the eighties, and <laughs> we're just going to make a list of all of our unicorn facts that the three of us know put together, and then you can just keep it in your pocket as a handy field guide. I, I think we should probably not be surprised that we didn't learn anything really. Uh, properly meaningful about Bible Bible studies from um, this abandoned Bible amusement park that Clint has created. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I really, for whatever reason, I really appreciate and I find it really interesting that this was the choice he made to make it this religious theme park. Yeah. And it kind of harkens back to things I appreciated about Merle, too, that you can tell that it's coming from a place of familiarity. It's a really cool pull either way. I mean, whether it has any sort of meaning in the larger scheme of things or it's just, you know, the things that you think of when you're trying to create something Yeah, you go to what you know. But, you know, a lot of us... But a lot of us might have done, I mean, abandoned theme park, we can all think of, you know, five or six movies and TV shows that have done something like that. And our version of it Mm -hmm. probably would have been not very interesting because we would have been pulling Mm -hmm. from that um, as a basis. So pulling, yeah, so adding that in is, is, is like flavor um, makes it a much cooler and honestly much creepier version. Um, speaking of somebody who lives in Florida, not very far from an actual oh, Bible theme Brittany park. Brittany and I have driven by um, it. Yes. Our sister showed it to us. Yeah, I have, I have been <laughs> past it, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have not, I've not gone. That's our next um, trip. Uh, but I think we need to have, I was going to say, we have to have a field trip. <laughs> We're going to go down to Florida. We'll get there. We're going to go to that park. But yeah, I mean, and then of course, it, I mean, I think it, it, even coming from that reference point, it does pretty much get pretty buck wild in there, which is cool. Um, but it is, it does add a weird, like, unexpected, creepy flavor to um, to this to this whole scenario. And plus, it allows the the phrase uh, was it? Tra- I think it was Travis. Uh, are they robot oh Jesus spiders? <laughs> Which I have such joy that, that these crazy games have allowed sentences yes. like that to exist in our history of the universe. Uh-huh. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> so yeah, we did learn something else about Travis, which is he's afraid of animatronics because they end up dealing with the big one, which like I kept listening again to that. Or like I listened to it a couple times to try to visualize. I like to try to visualize what's happening as I'm listening. Yeah. So I had to go back and listen, I think, once or twice. Um, yeah, I could really use some more of Clinton's great graphic work at that point. <laughs> if Clint could just like really just build us a map for all of these things, that would be great. A point I would by really point appreciate map. it. Maybe like a point click adventure game. Here's what the park looks like. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then the puzzle itself was just 
hysterical with these bing bongs trying to figure out what they were trying what they were supposed to be doing cardala just killing oh it gosh. being so funny <laughs> she's so great like yeah. I, I i won't keep gushing about her i just i love her so much <laughs> but then i love that nadia stayed very true to herself yeah and yeah. she did not you know try to pretend or <laughs> when they would <laughs> try to say jesus at the same time <laughs> God, they're so great. Just that, that teamwork that they were trying the, to, you know, they're finally getting to the team. Yeah, yeah. and it was nice because it was organic teamwork. Like, it was the boys working together as brothers, but then as these characters as well, and it worked really well. Yeah, it did. I mean, it's it's easy to, to point out Cardala because, I mean, Jesus and his terrible scythe-like Bible is hilarious. <laughs> like, fundamentally she hilarious. she just, like, jumped on board, like, oh, yes, this yeah. character, definitely my favorite. When suddenly I want to go to church, like I'm ready. <laughs> She's brought suddenly, the spirit out in you. Yeah, but but I mean, so you've got um, you know Remy and, and Nadia helping with the problem solving too, and and mm-hmm. they're both being honest about what their priorities are. And this is sort of the first moment where they've, I mean, a little bit in the um, the conference room puzzle, but this is really the first moment where they've been literally having to work together because they all have yeah. to be on these hands to balance it and solve it at the same time or it doesn't work so yeah. it's the first thing where they mm-hmm. definitely had to collaborate so that was a really i thought that was a really cool moment when they finally figure out okay we've got to do this and then we have to jump off at exactly the same time yes. and then we can get through and that kind of um team unity um with this like really disparate group of people was was super cool yeah no it's really endearing mm-hmm. and like my only other question I have written down here is, is everyone else as in love with these three as I am? Which I think the answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. That's the impression i Which brings I've gotten. me to my maybe very sad point of, are we ready to say goodbye to right? them in two episodes? Yeah. I know. Now it that, like... <laughs> I don't think, like, oh, God, my heart's already breaking. I, We're not even there. And I'm yeah. just like, oh, no. I don't know if they, are they going to be ready. I mean, I'm. I was kind of like it's got to be because Griffin had said in the the Money Zone break that it might mm-hmm. be only one more episode. I'm like, surely not. You guys have got. You definitely got I mean... at least two episodes of of running space here. I mean, we've just had our robot unicorn show up. You can't like don't Man. don't don't back out on <laughs> us now, wait guys. To see more of um, that. Yeah, I mean, it, we're, I mean, we're certainly going to have a really epic two episodes if that's uh, or one episode maybe if that's all that it winds up being. But um, but yeah, I, I sort of wonder if just as they're hitting their stride, if you wonder how the experimental phase is going to work out. If you kind of feel like you've just gotten to where you need to be, and then like, well, okay, now on to the next thing. It's like speed dating right. with these well, characters. And, yeah, <laughs> it really is. That's a good way to put it. And I wonder if my thought was that. At least as far as how much further the episodes will go. I wondered if really it would just be kind of like the one boss fight. And then that would kind of be enough of a taste. And then it'll be onto the other one. That would make sense. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, like um, a TV show pilot. Where you're going to give them just enough to kind of whet the appetite. And then, ooh, do you want more? Vote now. (laughs) Which I know we're not going to vote. but (laughs) Right. Of course. Yes. No, this is just like an Well, certainly try, though. (laughs) I I know as a fan (laughs) and we're going to try. Yeah, but uh, but I it, yeah I mean that's a good point that it it's uh, we know that they had to do this experimental phase and I, I think yeah. they'll know that the people that you don't want to leave the people that you want to come back to you'll know when it's the people that, right. that had an unfinished story that you yeah to but I feel of. like we're gonna hit that every I, time that's my fear yeah too good. I feel like they're gonna really be the case every time which I mean you yeah. know 
Oh, boo-hoo. Okay, so guys, yeah. if you're listening, please half-ass it <laughs> on at least one of them so we're not crying every four or five episodes. I just make them, out. like, really, really terrible people who kick puppies yeah. or something. Maybe right. fictional, completely fictional puppies. <laughs> <laughs> so clearly we're about to get into a fight here. As our only researcher on this show, Anne, <laughs> will you please explain <laughs> some stuff about the fate system? Is my superpower human Google, maybe? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> I th- Oh my god, that's it. Really See, dope. I knew we'd get to it. There it is. I knew that we would organically us- find yeah. it. It's true. Yeah, so I mean, they've already explained that, that the die are different, that it's a six-sided die that has two pluses, two minuses, and two blank sides, and that that's how you determine what number you've rolled. Um, but so the fate ladder that Justin has mentioned by name a couple of times, that is um, how you tell how good your roll was. Um, so those are the okay. numbers that you check it against. So because it's not, you know, one through 20, like, like in D&D. Um, but the fate ladder is a little bit different, because it does kind of favor maybe slightly better roles, like the you have you're more likely to have a positive outcome uh, of your role. So zero, if you roll a zero, okay. um, that's actually mediocre rather okay. than a failure. Okay. So it starts at minus two, which is terrible, and goes to plus eight, which is legendary. So um, it's a different set of um, parameters, a different scale for success and failure, maybe than, than D&D. So you're less likely to have a total complete failure, but you also have to, in some circumstances, roll against something else that you might subtract. So that you have you still have modifiers that you add to it, but there are also some things that you might subtract or that you have to roll against, which is why um, Cardella is trying to do weather and says that the opposition is three. So if you get a three okay. also, then you've managed to overcome the opposition to you taking that action. Okay. Okay. So it's a fairly straightforward system. Well, thank you. Okay. I'll say that helps. I do feel like I need to play it to really get it. But right. I'm a I feel like now person. when they talk about it, I'm not going to zone out. Yeah. Like I, I did. Yeah. It, it does. I think, I think that's, of any game system that it's a lot easier to to play something after you've had the rules explained a little bit than to try to understand the rules in the abstract Uh, but it really it's not it's not as complicated as it sounds it's 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 designed to be simpler than dnd and less rule bound um and i think overall it is it's just less familiar gotcha that's fair thanks (laughs) Anne. you're welcome i have never played this game i said my caveat i've never (laughs) played this system before but i did watch a whole lot of really good youtube videos from some very helpful Excellent. people. I want you to come up with your superhero name now. <laughs> Not now. Like, uh, when we leave, <laughs> come up with it. Tweet it to me later. Everybody just everybody just ruminate on what your yes. superhero oh, name and would be. And let us know at Romancing the Zone. <laughs> I don't even know our Twitter name. I'm so bad at this. You're plugging our stuff. You don't even know what you're plugging. Hi. You're plugging some other. <laughs> some lingerie store somewhere is going to be like, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Like, we have an influx of nerds coming. Why are they telling me their superpowers? (laughs) Mm, I'm kind of intrigued now. Oh, hey, I have one more question. And what's a hot brown? (laughs) Okay, so I... (laughs) Can I make a guess what it is first? No, it's too fancy. Yeah, guess. No, I don't. I don't want to even go there. Go ahead. Oh, (laughs) I have a guess. Is it a sandwich on rye that's been heated? Okay, the heated is correct, although that's kind of in the name, so... (laughs) And it is not on rye. It has to be on white bread. Well, I mean, I think it's probably served sometimes not on white bread, but it's supposed to be on white bread. that doesn't even make sense. So this is one of those moments where I I realize that that, uh, the McElroys are from Huntington, West Virginia, which is very close (laughs) to where I am from, which is... See, I'm going to pronounce it the... I'm going to deliberately pronounce it the wrong way, which is really hard for me to do, but no one will know what I'm saying. Otherwise, Louisville, Kentucky... (laughs) 
Oh, um, yeah. How do you say it? <laughs> yeah, I'm from Louisville. Wait, Louisville. I, it's Louisville. Louisville. Louisville, yeah. Louisville. Yeah. I'm still I not doing it that. right. No, see, you got too many, you got too many syllables in there. It's not Louisville. It's like Louisville. Yeah. It's just Louisville. <laughs> I can't do it. Lol, lol. You gotta get lol. Okay, I can do it. Like, I can't take say, it seriously. Say lol. <laughs> say lol, but like. Like you have marbles or cotton in your mouth, I guess. That's the, that's the Kentucky I just, accent. I will feel accent. like I'm mocking it if I do it the right way. Because so, that's what I've always thought. It I is really hard for me. Louisville, and that people are being jackasses. I mean, like, I try to, I try to moderate it. I try to say it Louisville, but it is really difficult for me to do that because I, I was born there. Um, I didn't live there for a super long time. I lived there until I was 11, but, um, and I don't really have a Kentucky accent. I can if I choose to, but I, Mm. I didn't when I was living there really. But aside from the way you say the name of the city, but anyway, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Clint, they're close enough to, to, (laughs) which way should I say it now? Say it the real (laughs) way. We need to. Yeah, they're pretty close to. They're pretty close to Louisville. I actually used to go through there a lot when we would take road trips, but um, through Huntington. But so Louisville is one of those Kentucky things, like uh, like a mint julep or like Kentucky mm. Derby pie, but it's not associated with the Derby. There's a, a famous historic hotel in in downtown called the Brown Hotel. Oh. Um, that's the name Hot Brown. So so nothing to uh, do with mustard, back to the 20s. which is what I thought. No, no in no. a sandwich oh. way, it could have been. No, I was imagining sa- uh, the little yeah, mustard so- packets. And assuming, oh, there must be like a hot no. brown packet on the ground. Okay. <laughs> Ew, that they're just eating a hot brown packet? Oh, no, no, God. no, 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 no. That's that they were putting it now. on. Oh, no. Okay. Let me jump in. <laughs> putting the mustard of a hot brown mustard, because a spicy brown is a mustard. Yeah. So I thought it was a hot brown was just something they called right. it. Right. And so no. it was empty packets okay. that they had put on the sandwiches <laughs> okay there we go okay. okay i see i see no they're not just like put yeah no sorry this is not this is not famous outside of uh, i mean it's really a little thing it's i mean it's it's in kentucky in general but i've never encountered them outside of that particular area of the south i was a little surprised that he'd even heard of it but he must have been in louisville fairly often because it's a close major city mm-hmm. but um so the brown hotel which has been there for like a billion years uh was really super popular in the twenties. Um, it's like a night spot because they're. I mean, it's a, kind of a small downtown. There wouldn't have been sure. a lot of options. There aren't a lot of options now. But um, so they wanted to do like a late night snack kind of cool thing, and the chef came up with this um, open face sandwich, which is white bread with the crust cut off, and then you put roast turkey on it, and then you put a, a, a mornay sauce on it, which is like a. It's kind of like a cream sauce, um, like a bechamel sauce, but it it also has some cheese in it. Uh, and you, you heat that up until the cheese starts to bubble and then you put uh, bacon on it and sometimes tomatoes. I think they serve it at the brown now with tomatoes on it uh, and you eat it and it looks like a pile of garbage. I mean, it is not an attractive <laughs> sandwich. Um, it just looks like this, this, this molten lump of some kind of cheesy looking sauce with some meat sticking some, out of it. Yeah. Um, but it is a huge deal in, in Louisville. It's very popular. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan. I'm not really a sauce person, but, uh, gotcha. but you know, I'm, I'm disrespecting my heritage right now, but I was very <laughs> pleased uh, to hear them bring yeah. it up that this was a thing that they knew about. A little familiarity for you. Yeah. Well, yeah. and now we know. Thank you. Cause yeah, I heard him say it. I was like, I don't know what that is. I assume it's a sandwich of some sort. And I assumed it was a mustard packet. 
Yeah. <laughs> Those were the two options. You can now make it at home. <laughs> and now, yes, our listeners can make it at home. <laughs> Not based on my description. Please, God, look up a recipe. But <laughs> and on that delicious note, that's going to do it for us this week. Again, get at us over on Twitter, at Romancing Zone. And we'll see you in two weeks. I'm Nell Bailey. I'm Brittany Bailey. And I'm Ann Kerr. And we have been Romancing the Zone. <laughs>